Okay, so we are in week two of this series, which is called Up Close and Personal, because we are talking about a personal relationship with Jesus. And last week, we talked about him calling the disciples, and how they were fishermen, and how they were outcasts, and how uh, they had failed in life, and they were just kind of getting by. But he saw something in them, just like he sees something in all of us. And so we talked about the different ways that you establish that relationship. And first, you answer the call, and you say, yes, Jesus. And then you admit that you've done something wrong, that you've sinned, and you ask for forgiveness, and then that's it. Like, you have him in your heart, and you start going. So we're going to talk more about the why, and what comes next, and how we do that. And so I'm going to go to John 14, 1 through 14. Uh, Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my Father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am and you know the way to where I'm going. So basically he is talking to the disciples, but he's also talking to us and he's also talking to everyone else that is there uh, about the way to heaven, about what it means to have a relationship, about why we have a relationship with Jesus. And there's a lot of reasons, uh, but one of them is because he is going back to prepare a place for us. He is going back to uh, get heaven ready. He is going back to set the table. He is going back to just be there for us when when we need him at all times, to be there for every step of the way, to help us through hard times, to help us through anything that we face, and then to also help us to celebrate in good times and to do all of these things because he is there every step of the way, and that's what he is saying. And basically, when everything is ready, he means as your life goes, as you live your life. And the more you live for him, the closer you feel to him. And the closer you feel to him, the more you find that your life has meaning. The more you find that what you do actually feels like something special or at least something that fits that does not mean that you always feel like you fit it does not mean that you always feel uh like you're a part of something because sometimes life sucks and sometimes we feel like we've lost things sometimes we feel like we're not in a community sometimes we feel like we're alone and yet even then Jesus is with us and that's why it's so important to build that relationship because we can feel that in our hearts even as everything else around us kind of falls apart he won't fall apart And so that's one of the whys, heaven, of course, but also because he will always be with you. Uh, He will always stand with you. He will always help you. He will always guide you. He will always love you no matter what you do. You see, one of the things about having a relationship with Jesus is even if you fail, and by that I mean even if you turn away, even if you uh, start sinning or you start just stop going, start, stop, you stop going to church or you uh, just change, he still loves you. And so he still will be there with his arms open waiting for you to come back. He will always love you. He will always love you no matter what you've done, no matter what you do, no matter what you think of yourself, no matter what other people think of you. He will always love you. And so that's such an important why. Going to the next part here. Uh, No, we don't know, Lord, uh, Thomas said. We have no idea where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. So basically, he is saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And you might have heard that before, but that's because the only way to heaven is through him. Uh, Building the relationship with Jesus is how you get to heaven. Um, Like I said last week, we sometimes make it very difficult, especially on new Christians. And it's like, well, you have to think this, this, this. You have to believe this, this, and this. You even have to vote this, this, and this in order to really, truly, that's not how it works. You believe in Jesus and you follow him. And that's the way to heaven. He is the way. Living like he does, 
following his example. And so we look at how he treated people. He treated people with love and with respect, and he helped people. Uh, he healed people. He did everything he could to put other people first. He did everything he could to make people feel like they're a part of something. He did everything he could to show respect, to show kindness, to treat people with love, like I said. And that's what we follow. That is the way. That is the truth of him. That is the life that we are meant to live. That's what he's talking about here. Um, there are sometimes be people who say, well, why is there only one way? Like what, blah, blah, blah. And I, I don't know. I've heard people use the hydrogen example or something like water is always H2O no matter what you do, or there's one solution, two plus two is always four, etc. What it comes down to is everyone in the world kind of sucks from one time or another. Like we all screw up. We all treat people like garbage sometimes. We all hurt people. We all make the wrong decisions. Everybody except Seth. Uh, we all just mess up from time to time. And yet, he still died to give us a chance to follow him. He still forgives us. He still helps us. He still guides us. He still has a plan for us. Even at your age, even whatever you're going on in your life, he has a plan for you. Um, this morning I preached, and one of the things I talked about was uh, time is really weird. And by that I mean, uh, I'm going to go into Mr. Rogers for a second, because... I want to. And so Mr. Rogers, if you don't know, and I've talked about it in big church before, but I don't know if I've talked about it in here. Uh, Mr. Rogers was going to seminary, which means he was training to be a pastor. And so he went to become a pastor, and he's working on it. He comes home for the weekend, and uh, this is paraphrasing it, but long story short, uh, he sees a television. And it's like television uh, had just been invented. And so there's like three episodes, or three shows on it all, and they all involved like people hitting people in the face with frying pans or something, because TV used to be really simple. And so uh, he sees that, and a lot of people would have seen that and said, this is garbage, I can't believe this is polluting, I'm going to go out and just go against this and hate this and blah, blah, blah. What he saw, though, was, you know what? I can reach kids through this. I can give a better alternative. I can help people by using this, by utilizing this, by making something better. And that is such a cool thing. But the time thing comes in. Had he been born 20 years earlier, there's no TV. And he does not become the Mr. Rogers that everybody knows. He's just a pastor. Uh, now, being a pastor, he probably would have done a good job. But think about all the lives that he's touched. And everybody in here at least knows who Mr. Rogers is when I say it. Uh, and And... It's because he was alive at the right time. You are alive at the right time. That's part of this why. Uh, that's part of the relationship with Jesus. Like, you're here for a reason. You are in this life for a reason. He has a plan for your life. I cannot tell you what it is. I do not know. That's not like I know the secret and you don't. I, I, I don't know. Like, we all have different plans. In my life, uh, I've had various things that I thought my, plan, my life was going to be. And it changed. Like when I was in high school, I was positive because my great-grandparents told me that I was going to be a doctor. And so I studied and I worked at that. I didn't study. I was just able to get good grades. But I, I, did, I, I did well enough to where I could have. Uh, and then senior year, I really fell in love with English class and really fell in love with writing. And so I went to school. Uh, to college to become an English teacher because I didn't know what else to do with English. And so I was trying that. I was so terrified to talk to high schoolers all the time that I dropped that and changed to something else. Uh, and so, see, that was because I do that all the time now. Anyway, so so uh, I, I changed to just general English, like pre-professional English and minor in political science. But I had no idea what I was going to do. I worked for the government for a little while. I was a reporter for a little while. I substitute taught. I coached. I've done all of these different things. 
And yet I kept coming back to the church. I kept coming back to this. I kept coming back to ministry. I did not think that that was something I could do. I did not think it was something that was meant for me. And yet because of the time I was alive, because of the way I built my relationship, even when I screwed up, even when I was in a dark place, even when things sucked, even when I sucked, like I, I still came back to him. And so I'm here and I'm doing this because he is with me. And so whatever it is that you have as a goal, that's awesome. Have those goals. I'm not saying that he immediately changes everything because you can be a Christian scientist and do amazing things. You can be a teacher. You can be a band player. You can be a professional soccer player. You can be an NFL quarterback. You can be other jobs that I'm not going to keep listing. A McDonald's fry cook. You could be whatever you want and still touch lives. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is if you keep focusing on him, the why of your life, the why of that relationship will become more and more clear because the closer you get to him, the more you feel at home when you're around him and where you're supposed to be. And so for me, I just feel more comfortable doing this, even though it's scary sometimes. Uh, and so I'm able to feel that. And so for you, he has a purpose and you're at, alive at the right time, the only time that you could be alive. Uh, next. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Um, Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father, so why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me uh, does his work through me. Just believe that I am the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe because of the work you have seen me do. So I... I, I from this, I want to talk about the disciples a little bit, because both Philip and Thomas were asking questions. And they were asking questions that we might be like, well, he just said that. Like, why are they asking that? Uh, my point with that is sometimes, especially, uh, especially if you've been a Christian for a long time or if you're a famous Christian or whatever, um, we kind of have high expectations for people who just become a Christian. And by that, I mean we kind of feel like everybody should just know everything right away, and that's not how it works. And so for you, maybe when you start that relationship with Jesus, you're like, well, I don't have all the answers. How is this going to work? I'm not in the right place. Like, I'm not in the right mindset. What am I going to do? The disciples had been with him and still had stupid questions sometimes. Like, they still didn't know everything. They still asked him. They still cared about him. You're never going to be in a place where you're like, oh, man, I know everything now. Because if you're ever in that place, you're wrong. Like, you don't know everything. And so... Even seeing this, where Jesus is telling them, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life, I am with the Father. He's like talking to them about personal relationships. And they're like, well, but what do you mean by this? And what are you talking about? Like, I don't see, like they're asking these simple questions that we all might have. It is never wrong to have questions. In fact, it's okay to even have doubts as long as you look into those doubts, as long as you talk to people about those doubts, as long as you pray about those doubts, because that's how we learn, that's how we grow. You don't have to be like this perfect Christian as soon as you start working on that, because you're not going to be, because nobody is. You can think of the greatest Christian in the history of time, whether it's somebody you know or somebody famous, they've had struggles in their life. And they, there are some answers that they do not know. And there are some times that they have made the wrong choice or, or not helped someone in the way that they needed to or whatever because we all are human. And that's part of the why too. By building that relationship with him, we have this safety net of his love no matter what we do. And he's always going to work for us. He's always going to be with us. He's always going to support us no matter what happens. So we have him with us. And so if we do fail, 
He's not going to be like, ah, I already told you this. You should have known the answer right now. He's going to say, okay, what can we learn from this? How can I make good come from this? I still love you. And he will say those things because he does. And it's such a cool thing. Anything else you join, and it's awesome to join things that you want to, like clubs and sports and schools and whatever else people join. Uh, anything else you join, if you break the rules or you mess up, probably you're going to get kicked out or you're going to have consequences. And there might be consequences in life, period. But with Jesus, the more you just grow in him, even if you mess up, even if you screw up, even if you do everything wrong, he still loves you. You never lose that net. You never lose that net. And so he sees something in you all the time, even if you don't see it yourself. And believe me, I get that because I don't, even now, see it myself. And yet I know that he does something. And so that's why the disciples are asking all these questions because they don't see it in themselves. But he does, so he answers them. So whatever it is that you might be questioning or doubting or wondering, and you're like, I, sh I shouldn't ask this, or I shouldn't talk about this, or what, what if this, blah, blah, blah. He still loves you. And if you talk to him, and if you talk to other people that love you, and you talk to people that, that try to help, they're going to help. Because it's, you're not stupid for having questions or doubts or anything else, or not being in the perfect place, because you're not perfect. But he is, and so he loves you, and that's part of the why. It's not just heaven, although that's huge, that's awesome. It's not just helping other people, although again, that's awesome, that's a huge part of our lives and being a Christian. It's not just being the example of him, although again, that's the biggest part of being a Christian. It's also knowing that no matter what happens, no matter what questions we ask, no matter what we do, he still loves us. It's having that assurance all of the time. And the older you get, the more you realize that that's super important. Because you're going to have people that hurt you, and you're going to have people that disappoint you, and you're going to have people that you disappoint, and you're going to have people that cut you out of their lives, or that you cut out of their lives, or your life, or whatever, and you're going to have people that, that it just sucks sometimes. And yet with Jesus, he still sees you as he always sees you, and he still loves you as he always loves you, and he still helps you as he always helps you. That's why. Uh, last part here. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done, and even greater works, because I am going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it, so that the Son will bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. So a lot of times we read that, and it's like, well, that can't be true. Like, ask for anything? I really want a new car. I really want my college loans paid off, and those are just things that I want. Uh, I really want this, or why, why can't... It's Part of it is... The closer you get to him, the more your desires change. That does not mean that you no longer want new cars or debt relief or good grades or a higher allowance or whatever else it is you want. But it means that you start to realize that what you ask for, you ask for because you want to help other people, because you want to be a better person, because you want to be a better example. Uh, it, it's not about going up to somebody who clearly needs food or clearly needs help or clearly uh, needs a home this week. Uh, coming up, there's something called Family Promise that happens all year, but four times a year here. And families that don't have homes will be living in the church for that week. Uh, and it's such a cool ministry. Now, they're in a church, so obviously they're going to have chances to hear about Jesus. But that's not necessarily the why right away. Like We're not like, hey, uh, you have to listen to this one-hour sermon in order to walk in these doors. That's not how it goes. Sometimes we make it transactional like that. And so my whole point is here. To be more like Jesus, obviously you wait for the opportunities and you look for that and you answer questions or you talk, you share your faith, never hide your faith, but to help people means to help them.
It doesn't mean to carry a Bible around and hit them in the face and say, hey, let me memorize all these scriptures and then we'll talk. It's, how can I help you? And sometimes those people are going to be like, wow, I can't believe that you had time for me, or I can't believe this. Can I go to your youth group, or can I go to church, or will you pray with me? Sometimes. Sometimes they're going to be like, hey, thanks for the help. See you later. Sometimes they're going to be like, I don't want your help. I don't care about you, and walk away. And each of those times, well, a couple of those times are going to hurt. But what it does is you plant a seed. But more than that, you're just living like Jesus. That's the why, is to show people what this is, what this is about. Um, to show them what we can do in his name. And he says, you're going to do greater works than me. Obviously, we're not going to be Jesus. What he means by that is not, hey, you know, you're going to do so much more than me, because Jesus has obviously touched the entire world, and even people that don't believe in him see his example and are like, wow, at least he's a good guy, etc. What he's saying is, you are not alone. I am with you, and so you're going to be able to do more than even you can imagine. You're going to be able to have a higher impact than even you can imagine. You're going to be able to touch more lives than even you can imagine. And sometimes it's just by smiling. Sometimes it's just by listening. Sometimes it's just by being there. Sometimes it's by praying. It's always praying for people. Sometimes it's by praying with people. Sometimes it's by just being the example that you can be. But the why for the relationship with Jesus, it absolutely starts with to improve your life, to be more like him. And it goes to heaven, and it goes to all of these other things. But it's also to just know that you have a purpose. You have value, and you are enough, and you are worth it. And all of these things are very, very true. Uh, sometimes you're not going to feel like it. But the closer you get to him, it's not that you're never going to feel pain, but it's you're going to at least be able to say, okay, everything sucks right now, but he loves me. And sometimes you have to say that over and over and over and over again to really bring it in. But it's always true. Because when he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, he definitely means the way to heaven. But he also means that he's the way to have a better life. And he's the truth of living that life and showing people love. And he is the life that will bring you the most peace. And so it is such a process to live this life. And if I could tell you, that once you have that, start that relationship with Jesus, then boom, all your problems go away and all your debts are paid and everything is awesome and people treat you just wonderfully and, and you never have any issues and et cetera, et cetera, then we would be like Phil even on Mother's Day. Filled even on Mother's Day. And the church would be like lined around the block. It's not how it works. You're still going to have issues. And you're still going to have problems. You're still going to have all of these things. But you will also have him. And you will feel more and more peace. Not all the time, but you're going to feel that peace even in the midst of chaos. You're going to feel a little bit of peace. And then as you go, you're going to feel a little bit more and a little bit more. And then you're going to be able to show people that. And you're going to be able to live that out because he is with you because you are worth it. And that's all I got.